now the moment we've all been waiting for. I am Nate Riggle, and you are listening to The Way of the Bonfire. All right, welcome back. We've got another episode, the third installment of Lessons from Everywhere, the series where I package up and deliver to you a list of 10 things that I've learned from someone or a group of people or an experience or an industry, etc. There's a lot of people out there saying, don't take advice or, or try to learn anything from somebody who doesn't have some what you want, which is good advice in its own context. But I believe that every one and everything just about could teach us something that's useful. And so without further ado, let's dive into Lessons from Everywhere. This edition is The Vision Impaired and Physically Blind. I've always been incredibly fascinated with people that have been able to do so much when they have a restriction, at least what I perceive as a restriction or have perceived as a restriction on something like their sight. I used to ride the train or the light rail in Denver all the way down from South Denver, like outside the belt route, all the way up to downtown. And one of the stops along the way was near this school for the the vision impaired and, and the blind. And so I would get a chance to talk with all these folks that either couldn't see very well or had completely lost that sense and really learned a lot from them just sitting on, on the bench waiting for the bus or not the bus, but the, uh, yeah, the train to come. And I want to share a few things that I learned from some of those folks in that setting and some other ones that I've seen kind of along the way in life. One of the, them, I remember the very first time I was talking with one of them, the gentleman, he sat down next to me. I hear, oh, hey, how's your day going? And I look over and I see that he's blind and he's got his, the, the cane or the, the guiding stick that they use. And I realize he's talking to me. And so right off the bat, I'm thinking, oh, maybe that, maybe he's more outgoing because he doesn't have to worry as much about people's expressions of shock when, when you just start talking to them or, you know, the kind of like the vibes that people put out there if you're trying to strike up a conversation or maybe it's the complete opposite, but I was, I, we, we started talking and we kind of got into a deeper conversation and, um, you know, he was ta- telling me about all these things that he's learning at the school and how to be more self-reliant. And one of the things that, that came out of his mouth were, I'm never going to be able to do quite everything by myself, but neither is anyone. And he says, where we are all interdependent on each other. And that stuck with me. So that's number one. Self-reliance and independence are not the same thing. We always depend on each other. Number two is you always have something to give that others don't have. Again, this one is the example I'm going to use on this one is actually my father, I remember we would drive around in downtown New York. It was, uh, that that's the part of Pennsylvania that I'm from. And in the inner city, there was, we'd be out helping people or, you know, visiting 
uh, folks from our church or whatever it was. And I remember there's this homeless guy that my dad would always pick up. He'd be hitchhiking and he'd get in the car and he just seemed completely self-sufficient. Uh, he'd get in and he'd just be so full of energy. We could be having a not so good day or whatever it is. And he'd jump in the, in the car and all of a sudden both my dad and I were just smiling and my dad would strike up a conversation with him and they'd be telling each other jokes. And, you know, my, my dad would say something like, you know, as a, as a blind homeless guy and he, he'd say something like, Hey, John, I can't watch TV, but did you hear I was on TV the other day? And my dad said, really, how's that? And he, and he said, yeah, I was sitting on top of it. Or this one, my little brother t- told me about a time when he was in the car with my dad, when he picked that gentleman up and was taking him across town somewhere, helping him hitchhike. And he said, Hey, John, guess what? I got a little honey. I got a little honey now. And my dad would say, Oh, congratulations. What's her name? And, and then, uh, he'd hand him something and he goes, no, a little honey. And he'd hand him a little packet of, of honey from KFC or something. You know, the ones that they put on the, they give you for your biscuit. And so what that guy was bringing was what we all want is just a little more excitement and joy and humor and a better attitude in our lives. And so you always have something to give that others don't have. Number three, our weaknesses can become our biggest strengths. If you think about someone like Helen Keller or there's the, one of my favorite superheroes is Daredevil. I know, you know, his, it's not real. But his powers of hearing are enhanced by his loss of sight. And he, so he has all these additional senses and abilities because he doesn't have a sight. And actually speaking with the folks from the School for the Blind, a lot of them, they had strengths that I don't have. Like they can walk in the dark and use their minds more fully and understand people more deeply and hear more nuances and pay closer attention and they grow their curiosity skill. Like Helen Keller, she used to just be so obsessed with learning all the different words. And she'd walk around the room touching everything, trying to figure out what it was and and what how she could turn that into a word that she could use. And so the weakness actually became something that was a strength in and in a superpower. Number four, you are probably being a bit dramatic with your problems and excuses. And I know that sounds harsh. Because we need to feel our feelings, we need to process our traumas, all that kind of stuff. But if you just wake up each day and realize that you've been given another day and we're just playing the hand that we were dealt, all of us, then some of those problems and excuses I learned from these folks that I used to sit at the at the train station with or they kind of just start to fade away when you realize talking about them only helps a little. Doing something about them helps more. Number five, there's so much more to life than what we can see. In fact, you really think about it. What our eyes visually see is only a tiny fraction of what is real. Like what is what does understanding look like? <laughs> or what does the atomic structure look like? Or what's holding everything together and making somebody want to do something versus somebody want to do something else? What's driving people? What's causing friends to stick together or break apart? There's so many things that you don't see 
And if we can learn to look for those things without being overly reliant on our eyes, there's, there's lots of ways to observe and understand our world in a deeper way. Number six, if other people don't get your struggle, find someone who does. Not to commiserate, but to elevate. And I know I was saying just a second ago, you're probably being a bit dramatic. But this point here is more about if you see kind of some of the communities of people who are vision impaired or blind and how they come together and the way that they understand each other and can relate, they're not doing it to sit here and complain about sighted people and (laughs) all their problems, although that does happen. But um, most of the time they're elevating each other. They're saying, oh yeah, here's this thing that I learned at the school or Hey, let me show you an easier way to to navigate this section of the stairs in the track, or, or l- let me tell you about this new tool that I'm using to accelerate my reading. And it's like, sometimes it's tough to get people to help you who don't get what you're going through. So find somebody who does. Surround yourself with people who are on a similar journey. Obviously, you want to get perspective from people who aren't and and have that as part of your data set or your information gathering, but are you mobilizing people around you who, who understand your struggle? Number seven, you might be missing the beauty in plain sight. There's this thing that happens to us where we get tunnel vision or we just get into a routine and we think we've seen everything there is to see because we walk the same steps. We get out of the same bed every day. We talk to all the same people. We sit down and do that same thing every day because we're disciplined and good and we want to have consistency. And because our eyes, we rely so much on those and our routines and the things that we're so used to doing, the rest of our senses tend to look past beautiful things and not notice them. So the the antidote here is just to sit and see what you can admire, either with your eyes or with the rest of your senses. What do you hear? What can somebody around you, what question could you ask someone that you've never asked before to that person? How could you be just a little different today and see more in somebody that you never took the time to notice? Number eight, there is no dignity lost in asking for help. I remember some of these folks that I would sit with, they would say, you know, sometimes sighted people, like they're just, they're just so prideful. Like they don't want to, they feel like they should never ask for help with anything. And they're like, I just don't get that. And I don't see why they think they're losing their dignity by asking for help. We're all in this together. And that really stuck with me. Number nine is technology can make you weaker. (laughs) Smartphones and social media and everything that's great and has further connected the world in some ways has also weakened us. Obviously, you guys are probably sick of hearing everybody beat this drum. You already know this. You live in this world. But you think about it, there's ways that, that you could be so excited about this new tool or this new capability that you have from your phone or from your technology, from your car, and it may actually be making you soft in some way. Like when, when the power goes out in my house, <laughs> there's like this, or in our neighborhood, there's like this panic of like, okay, where's the flashlights? Do we have the candles? And, you know, folks that don't have their sight, you know, they're just thinking, oh, well, I guess I don't get to microwave anything. And the thing with technology is that if we get over-focused or reliant on it, then it starts to use us, and that's kind of what it's being more and more designed to use. So just having the presence of mind not to get stuck in that is a good words of wisdom from these, these people that I've got to spend some time with. Number 10, 
How you look is not who you are or what makes you beautiful. I have an eight-year-old daughter, and she is beautiful way beyond anything that you can see with your physical eyes. And she knows it, and she constantly reminds everyone who is kind of, because a lot of people like to say, oh, I love your, I love your pretty red hair and the curls and all that stuff. And, and that's kind of where everybody makes their comments because that's the only thing that they can think to say when, if they're a stranger passing, right? And she's constantly reminding us that I'm, that's, that's just one part of me. That's not, that's only a tiny part of me that makes me beautiful. You think about if you could never see again, would you still see beauty? And I think that that could have been the whole <laughs> subject of the podcast today. Number 10, uh, maybe that's why we left it for last. But take that into your mind. Sometimes the people with the most perspective and awareness are the ones who can't see any of what you see. That's a good pride check, a good ego check right there, right? They have more perspective and awareness because they can't see any of what you are seeing and you think you know so much, but even these folks know more because of them, because of what they don't see. We have this this sort of inattentional blindness that's easy to hold on to. And and it's like, it's not, it's not what you look at, it's what you see. And I hope that this has brought you something today. There's always more that you can be doing and finding if you just let that curiosity take hold and you guide it in the right direction. Go get them. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I love the chance to make your day better in some way, whether that ends up being just a quick reset that you needed to change things up or even just a laugh or some fresh perspective. If you're getting value out of it, can you please do me a favor and share it with someone else? Because as more people find and listen to the show, I'm able to bring more good stuff more often. It is the fuel to the bonfire. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback and any thoughts or ideas or questions you have so we can be more connected and make the show even better with your input and your inspiration. The quickest way to do that is to send a message to my Instagram handle at wayofthebonfire, which is also included in the show notes. And if you just want to avoid accidentally scrolling on social media, you can send me an email at nate at wayofthebonfire.com. And you know it, but make sure you click that follow button so you can catch new episodes as soon as they're available. Keep tending the bonfire, and we'll see you on the next one.